WIYY Casper, a Town Square media station. This is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome into the program. I am Drew, your humble host of this fantastic show. We've got a lot to cover today. Uh, Wyoming Game and Fish will be in here uh, Janet Milik, uh, as well as uh, Dan Thompson, who's the large carnivore supervisor for the entire state of Wyoming and Game and Fish. We're going to talk to uh, Sean Kelly, who is with uh, REMF, which is the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. We'll talk about how they're doing, how the elk season's going, and how you can help out the situation because they do so many things, not just right here in Wyoming and Montana, but uh, all the way over into the Midwest and even uh, on the east side of the country. They, uh, they're they doing great things. So we also will talk to Brian Woodward of Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, where I love to go at least once a week. I sit down with Brian and we chit-chat about hunting and fishing and you can do that as well. I recommend you go in there and check out the store. If you haven't ever been there, over on CY Avenue, right next to the, the Wendy's over there, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, they're not a, a ball or a, a tennis or a volleyball type of, of sporting store. They're all about the outdoors, and I mean all about the outdoors. You walk in, and right to the right, you'll see your camo selections and your boots. You've got your bows in front of you. You've got the ammo and your uh, firearms there and then off to the left and that's where you'll find a lot of uh, your decoys your hunting or your uh, your hiking and your camping and your coolers oh man they've got a whole selection of stuff there that i recommend you go in there and get lost like i do once a week i go in there just to see what's happening and you're in the middle of uh, bow season now and uh, some rifle seasons are beginning and we've got them really firing up just after the beginning of October. So you want to make sure that your bow is in check and tuned. That can help you out with that. You can check out their archery range. It's a 20 yarder, but it's enough to get yourself sighted in and get yourself feeling comfortable if you're feeling a little rusty. Also, maybe you're purchasing a new uh, scope and you need help getting that mounted up there or maybe you're you're off a little bit you need help getting it adjusted that's what they're there for they really enjoy it everyone in the entire building uh knows their specific trade when it comes to hunting and they love it and that's why they work at rocky mountain discount sports make sure you get over there and check that out so we've got an action-packed show stick around and remember you can go over to the my country 95.5 mobile app and download the app and then listen to all of our episodes on demand right there at the app. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. Another great week, another great opportunity to talk with Wyoming Game and Fish. And I'll tell you, Janet, you guys have been so informational and we have uh, received so many questions and if you do have a question, no matter what it pertains to in Game and Fish, 
go over and let us know at the My Country 95.5 mobile app. And today you bought, brought in a guy that I think is going to uh, bear down on the, the topic at hand, right? Exactly. And probably produce a thousand <laughs> more questions. But hey, keep them coming. Yeah. We're excited to be here. Uh, Dan Thompson, the large carnivore supervisor for Wyoming Game and Fish, and which let's go ahead and explain the large carnivore supervisor. I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but uh, when you're talking that you focused in basically on the bears, the lions, and the wolves. Yeah, correct. Uh, so our section is somewhat unique within Wyoming Game and Fish in that uh, we're considered a statewide section. And we are responsible for the monitoring and management and conflict resolution for black bears, grizzly bears, wolves, and mountain lions. And uh, they're pretty active, especially this time of year. Yeah, absolutely, especially bears in the fall. The term we use is hyperphagia. Basically, is gluttony maybe <laughs> would be the term you could use, but <laughs> they're eating as much food as they can and, and high-calorie food to put on fat for the winter so they can sleep. One of the reasons we're here to talk just about being aware of that, that the bears are very active, seeking out foods and things that people can do to reduce their potential for conflict, especially with bears. When you talk about eating as much as they're doing right now, these bears are putting three to four pounds a day on so that they can be sufficient for the winter. Correct. Yeah, they're, they're lining up fat right now. And it's really interesting during the course of the year. Uh, the amount of fat that you can see on a bear, I mean, inches of fat that they'll put on, especially for that winter time period when they're not eating. And so they are they are doing everything they can to put on that weight. Primarily, they're eating natural foods. Where we run into trouble is bears are very opportunistic, and they're very smart, and they, they will go out of their way. And I wouldn't say they're lazy. They're just opportunistic. They'll go yeah. out of their way to find easy food. And so that's why we work a lot with people to secure any type of, of food source for a bear, from a bear, I should say, so that they don't realize that's an easy way to get food and then create conflicts with, with people. This time of year, they're maybe not in the areas they normally are, maybe roaming out a little further to get some food. Uh, and, and they come upon a, a home. If they notice that there is food available, they, they'll go after it, right? Yeah. And and. One of the analogies I use is that bears are driven by their stomach and their steering wheel is their nose. They have an extremely keen sense of smell. And so if they smell something, they'll go seek it out and see what it is. Now, if it's garbage that's in a, like a bear-proof dumpster or something like that, they'll keep going. But if it's dog food sitting out on the porch at night, they'll go eat it and they'll come back the next night to see if it's there. Anything like that, any type of food that they can that they can obtain easily that is going to allow them to put on that fat, they will go back to it, and that's why it's important, especially this time of year, that people are aware of that. And one thing that they're really keyed in on is berries. Now, there's a lot, the choke cherry crop is one of the things that's one of the plants doing well this year, despite the the drought conditions we've seen, and so we've dealt with a lot of bears in choke cherries. But as those run out, they'll that brings them lower, and they will look to find other food sources, which include human foods, which is a problem. It is a problem, especially in places like you look at Casper. You know, we're, we're pretty close to some rural areas. We have Casper Mountain right up top. And, and people don't think about, especially if they live in these places, wheeling your barbecue in every night oh, yeah. that you use it or don't use it. And those are things, you know, 
that are huge attractants. Even if you have a cabin, making sure that those things are, are placed indoors every time you use them um, for overnight, those sorts of things. And, and we get used to leaving all of that stuff out. Our hummingbird feeders, our bird feeders, all of those things just become something that the, attracts those bears. And unfortunately, um, when those conflict situations arise, it's it's not always a good ending for the bear. And, yep. and so I think that we want to continually remind people is that, you know, we get into this job because we love wildlife. And so we want the best outcome for wildlife that, that we can. But if sometimes those bears get those rewards from people, food, people situations, it, it doesn't always end well for the bear. And that's an unfortunate situation. That brings me uh, to another point that you hear a lot about is the hazing mm-hmm. of, of a bear. Can you explain that? Because when you think hazing, you think of a fraternity and, you know, they're jabbing at people just to get them in. But it's kind of along the same lines. Yeah, I've never given a bear a swirly, I guess. But, <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that we can do proactively to take away that conflict potential from just helping a person secure their attractants, reminding them, as Janet said, to put away foods at night. But sometimes maybe we can put up an electric fence around a garden or something like that. There's a lot of different things that we can do to try to deter that potential. We're looking at the bear's behavior, and bear behavior can escalate very quickly to being dangerous if they're obtaining these human foods, and we call it food-conditioned behavior. Once a bear, black bear or a grizzly bear, become condition to human foods, we're not going to allow that on the landscape anymore. And we'll have to put that animal down or potentially find a, a zoo setting, which is worse in my mind. than. That. But there is a lot of hazing we can do. Loud noises, trying to push an animal away with the vehicles, cracker shells, rubber bullets, things like that. We do have uh, tasers that we have used uh, um, successfully on black bears. Bears do not like electricity. That's why we use electric fencing a lot. The key is that we have a lot of tools in our in our toolbox to deal with these situations. And it's important that we know about them early on because then we can deploy different tools. Once a bear's already had a food condition, dangerous behavior, we only really have one tool, which is to capture and, and lethally remove that animal. Definitely try to get any way around that, if uh, if at all possible. Talking with Dan Thompson, the large carnivore supervisor, and Janet from Wyoming Game and Fish. We'll talk more about bear safety. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Sure to appreciate you listening to the program. Remember, you can always go to the My Country 95.5 mobile app and send in a question to Game and Fish. They like to answer these questions, and we've had a ton of great ones. Today, we're talking bears, though, and bear safety. Now, Dan Thompson, the large carnivore supervisor, is with us, along with Janet from uh, Game and Fish. And Dan, it's hunting season, and a lot of hunters are going up into the backcountry, bear country, to do their hunting. No, that's and that's a great point, and that's part of the reason we're here. Uh, one of the a great food source for bears in the fall are basically the the things that we leave behind as hunters. Uh, the, there's a it's high calorie in, in the because the bears are primarily keyed in on the gut pile. Uh, the things that we throw out the the heart, lungs, and liver that's that's what a lot of carnivores actually go to first because it's really high in calories. Try to make sure you're always coming in where you can have high visibility from a carcass. If you're staying in a camp, make sure you hang or put it in a bear-proof. Certain campsites have bear-proof 
infrastructure, put it in there. But what you're trying to do is keep that food source away from those animals so they don't key in on it. Um, I, I would also direct people, and I, I'm assuming you can provide a, provide a link to our uh, Bearwise Wyoming information that we have. There's several videos that are uh, very interactive that for hunting in grizzly bear country. Everything that people do as hunters is completely counterintuitive to what you should do to let wildlife know that you're in the area, right? So you dress in camo, you hide your your human scent by by maybe using some some wild scent. You creep around in the bushes and and it very much becomes a situation where you may have conflict arise because the animals don't know you're there. The wildlife is not aware that you're there. And so keeping in mind that there's things that you can do, like carry bear spray, so that the situations that you're putting yourself in are just a little bit safer. Hunting with a partner is great, too. And I, I know I, I love the solitary nature of hunting, but especially if you're hunting in grizzly bear country, it's really nice to be able to have a hunting with a partner. Extra eyes. And especially when you have an animal down, having more than one person there to help. Basically, while one person is dress, field dressing the animal, the other person can keep an, an eye out with bear spray and or uh, a firearm. One thing that I do want to mention is the fact you can't just go around shooting bears. Obviously, that's not something that, that you could do. If, if it happens and you shoot a bear protecting yourself, what are the repercussions of that? Yeah, and I want it to be clear that you always have the right to protect yourself. And so if you shoot a bear in self-defense, you just have to let us know so we can understand the situation and the scenario. It doesn't go reported and then it happens again. If it's something we can we can deter with some type of intervention, we'd rather do so. So we're always going to take the side of the human when it comes to that. I think there's a false notion out there that that you're going to go to federal jail if you shoot a grizzly bear. Now, we're not condoning shooting grizzly bears, obviously, whatsoever. But if you feel threatened by any of these animals, you have the right to protect yourself. And it's important that people know that. We just want to know about it. Another way to protect yourself, you mentioned a bear spray. Mm -hmm. If someone is going to look at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports to find bear spray for their trip, what should they look for in in a brand or a type? Great question. Uh, There's a couple different uh, brands or types. The big thing is that it has to be EPA approved. In the last year or two, there's been a couple, quote, knockoff bear sprays that have came out that are a little cheaper, but you really don't want to go cheap on that, I guess, when it, when it could save your life. After you have one, there's an expiration date on them. Make sure it's not expired. Uh, it's not the, it's not the, the spray con- contents that go bad. It's the seals that can go bad. Um, and so it's important that a pe- person looks at that. And we suggest using the bigger cans. Uh, they're you'll get about six to eight seconds of full spray and it needs to be readily accessible and you need to know how to use it. Uh, Be very familiar just like you would practice with a firearm or practice with your bow before archery season. Make sure you know how to take the safety off, how to access it. You don't want to, in that situation, you don't want to be trying to figure out how to get to your bear spray and how to take the safety off. You mentioned using the bear spray if need be. Let's say you use it once. Should you not use it again, or is it okay? No, that's a great question. Um, again, you have six to eight seconds of spray in there, which is actually quite a long quite a time while. if you sat there and just mm-hmm. and dumped it. And so one of the things w- that we suggest, once any animal gets too close for your comfort, to deploy that bear spray. 
and we spray it low in front of the animal and at a short burst. So you have a couple opportunities, and it's still good to use for a while. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you used it on an animal, I wouldn't get rid of it, but I would also make sure you have extra on hand. Back up. And especially if you're doing a backcountry camping or hunting scenario, it's always good to have at least one extra can because maybe you use an entire can 15 miles in the backcountry, but then you still have to get out. And yeah. so if it worked there, you want to make sure you have enough to, to get through. But but we do want people to feel comfortable and safe and have it accessible and feel comfortable using it. Very good. You want to find out more, you can go check out uh, the My Country 95.5 mobile app. You can send us a question there at the app. And uh, Dan mentioned a, a Bearwise uh, we'll get some of that information up there as well. And Dan, it's been a, a pleasure. And Janet, as always. Thank you, Drew. Thank you very much. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5. Another good week, another great week. Not just good week, it's a great week, especially at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And we're with Brian Woodard, the, uh, are you the general manager of Rocky Mountain Discount Sports? Yes, sir. Yep. That is, uh, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know about pressure. It's an awful lot of fun working here, and uh, we get to talk to people every day about things that we love, especially in the outdoors. So, so you and I have, have had the opportunity to to sit back and just you know shoot the breeze a little bit and talk about the outdoors. And uh, one thing that we kind of want to address with people is to let everyone know that yeah, we know that that the ammo shelves are empty, but it's not like you're hoarding it. No, in fact, uh, we've got very little you know set aside and. It's, it's been a problem for, you know, 18 months now, and ammo manufacturers uh, are telling us that, you know, they're producing more am- ammunition and shipping more ammunition than they've ever shipped. Um, it's just that, you know, we've got a million new gun owners out there. So we have ammo coming in, you know, each week. Uh, a lot of the certain calibers have been a challenge most of the year. 30 caliber especially, which is really popular in our neck of the woods, that 300 wind mags, that 7 mag stuff. We've got it on order. We just don't really know when it's going to ship. Every every day is, you know, we open up that back door and it's it's a surprise to us as well. Now, you guys do have some ammo. You have 5.56 five, and 2.23 on uh, on the shelves. Yeah, we've been sitting really well on 2.23 and 5.56. Five, uh, 9 millimeters has been okay. Uh, the calibers that have been really tough lately have been like 380, some 45, the 40s. Uh, however, you know, it, it just, you know, every, every week's a little bit different. We've sometimes are getting, you know, 400 count boxes of 223 in, and sometimes we're just getting the standard 20, 20 count boxes. So obviously we all like shooting in Wyoming mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of us haven't been doing that because we're just not sure where, where it's taking us. But, um, I mean, we have high hopes, you know, the best thing to do is really just kind of pop in you know once a week or twice a week and you come by do a quick run through if you're looking for a specific uh caliber um so uh, when they come in on that weekly basis i encourage it i I do it i come in once a week and and look around the store and uh you guys have everything that the hunter needs that the fisherman needs or just the outdoor enthusiast needs uh and it's going to start getting cold so we talked a little bit last week about some of the uh the cold weather uh, clothing that you guys have here, and you have an abundance of that. Throughout the store, I feel like we have really good inventory. Uh, a lot of the hunting clothing, the camo, um, cold weather gear, light weather stuff, we're sitting in really good shape with the clothing. There are going to be some categories throughout this year that um, have, are going to be a challenge. Uh, 
Boggs Boots is uh, we've we've got a good first initial push of that Boggs Boots, but they're telling us they're going to have a hard time supplying. And apparently that had to do with the big freeze down in Texas they had just a little bit ago. Oh, so yeah. a lot of the rubber comes from that that part of the country, and the rubber manufacturers froze up, and I mean the manufacturing facilities froze up. There's been, you know, nationwide shortages of propane, uh, propane bottles particularly. So even like those little green Coleman gas, Mm -hmm. you know, that we use during ice fishing and, you know, keep ourselves warm in the tent during uh, elk season, you know, there's a shortage on that stuff as well. So, But one thing that you guys do have here is everything you need for that elk hunt. If you're doing uh, archery hunting or if you're doing the the rifle hunting here very soon. I mean, you guys got everything you need for that. We got everything for that trip. You know, whether you're going out a couple of weeks ahead of time and uh, going to do some scouting, you know, we've got, we got all the spotting scopes, the window mounts, the binoculars, and pretty much everything that you would take on a trip. I mean, we've got pretty good supply on uh, the ammo is the one, the one, the one bugaboo there. Do you have a specific optic that you really enjoy? And I know you have a full case of them, but is there one that really stands out to you? I've looked through a lot of glass, and I mean, they're, they all really are having some pretty good, good quality glass anymore. Um, you know, our our top lines are obviously Vortex, Leopold, and Burris. Really, they, they've all they've all kind of got that guaranteed lifetime warranties on them. So, really, I mean, it's just best to just open up some boxes, take a look through them, see what you like for reticles, see how your eye adjusts to the to the conditions, and. Uh, just look through them, and we we do that all day long. I also want to mention that if if people need to get a, a license for any of their smaller game or and what, you guys carry all licenses and everything. Yeah, we do. I mean, obviously, most people at this point have their you know all their draw t- drawn tags, um, but there's still quite a few uh, general over the counter tags available for deer, elk. We're also starting to get into that uh, waterfowl season, so. A lot of the guys that have put in for Springer or Glendo pheasant permits, you know, you'll have to have a special pheasant permit um, stamp. And then you're also going to need a duck stamp for any of your waterfowl seasons that are coming up as well. So we have those duck stamps and uh, obviously all the game and fish uh, licenses that are available right here at the store. So you're telling me that Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is the one-stop shop for every outdoor lover. Man, it has just about everything I need. <laughs> Ivan was looking at the catfish bait a little bit. And, little, <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe I need to go to the jerky counter. Right, yeah, the jerky counter's a way better option. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, again, thanks so much. And again, if you have any questions, you can come in and talk to everyone here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Very knowledgeable about every section and uh, can help you anyway. There's somebody here that can help you with whatever you're looking for. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome back to the program. I always love talking to new guests on this show and getting to meet new people. And Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is an organization that's been around helping the wildlife of North America for almost 40 years now. And on the line, we have Northern Wyoming Regional Director Sean Kelly from RMEF. Sean, thanks for coming on. Well, Drew, I appreciate the invitation. Tell me how RMEF got started nearly 40 years ago. Yep, yep. So about 37 years ago, there was four guys sitting in uh, Troy, Montana. They just had this idea, and they wanted to to be uh, stewards of the elk population. And they did a mailer and just started mailing around locally. They did a radius right around a Troy, and, and uh, 
Next thing you know, they had a little bit of interest and they, they successfully pulled off an event in Spokane, Washington. And then it kind of just grew from there. And one of the greatest decisions they said they ever made was accepting a loan to, to publish the first Bugle magazine. And once that Bugle magazine came out, then all of a sudden it just kind of took off like wildfire. Talking with Sean Kelly of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And Sean, tell us what's the actual mission of RMEF? So it's uh, very simple to ensure the elk, the habitat, and other wildlife in the hunting heritage. Just ensure the elk, the habitat, and the landscapes they live on. And then that obviously benefits the other animals that live there too. And it might be, I mean, we run into some crazy stuff when, you know, we're trying to do elk projects and they got to do some kind of land study on it. Um, some of these departments get in there and they're like, oh, you know, there's a spotted moth that nests there. So we got to be very careful. And I mean, some of the stuff you don't even think that we're actually helping with, um, you know, as far as insects, pollinators, um, water sources, you know, things that the elk need and love and thrive on actually help a lot of the other wildlife too. If RMEF wasn't formed 37 years ago, where do you think the elk population would be now? Well, I tell you what, um, and slap our back, you know, the elk population's growing. We were very stable, substantial. Like I said, we're doing reintroductions, bringing them back into their old habitat. I mean, it, that's our work. But I got to give kudos to all the organizations, DU, uh, Delta. You know, where would the ducks be without them guys? So we're kind of in the same boat. You know, the mule deer, there's a couple different organizations out there. But, you know, we, we cross over a lot with them. Elk and mule deer share the same habitat. Uh, elk and antelope share the same habitat. So, you know, as, as good a job as we've done for elk and moose, uh, mule deer, antelope, you know, other organizations have done it too. And so it's just, you know, having the like-minded partners that we have out there you know when we do a project it's not just rmef we get partners involved in game and fish and dnrs across the nation are our partners blm forest service you know but other organizations too the conservation organizations that are out there fundraising and spending their money they fundraise to need to make sure these wildlife have a place to roam sean one thing that i really enjoy about rmef is the kids programs there are many opportunities for the young to get involved the last part of the mission that i talked about the hunting heritage it's important to us we actually had a very good donor uh pass away a handful of years ago and left us a really good endowment and one of his his family runs the endowment and one of their big things is they want to see children out there learning how to hunt fish be a part of the outdoors become a steward of the land teach them young teach them responsibility um recruit you know recruit retain and reactivate they are three you know so um you know sometimes it's it's not just the the 12 year old kid or the 10 year old kid sometimes it's the 17 year old kid that maybe didn't have a mentor to show him how to do it you know really support 4-h shooting and outdoor days and youth days and i think all of us that enjoy the outdoors would agree there's a huge mental benefit to just being outside and fresh air and away from technology and people it's very encouraging and makes you proud i'm sure to see kids going out with their moms and dads and doing some hunting and speaking of hunting it's pretty prime time right now as archery season and uh, rifle season is just around the bend Uh, how's the season looking this year in a state as wide and vast as Wyoming, uh, luckily right now we're not as bad as they are in other spots. So from that standpoint, it, the season's looking really promising. I've seen some very good harvest already, uh, you know, first, second day harvest. Uh, antler growth looks good. I, I'm hearing screaming bulls already, people running into screaming bulls. And, and uh, you know, I think if anything came good of 2020 is, 
you know, people spent more time outdoors and, and we really regenerated a lot of hunters. You can see that on the point creep this year, you know, donors and just attendees talking to me, emailing me, sending me pictures, looking at some social media. There's been some really good hunts so far. People getting involved with RMEF is one way to continue the mission of the foundation. How can people get involved at this point? We did a really cool thing with the Game and Fish this year through the Wyoming Wildlife Fund. They're, they're nonprofit. Um, they sold advertisements in the big game regs, and uh, first time they've ever done that. And on the back cover, we got a... We have a uh, ad where you just go to rmef.org backslash WY21, and uh, it's a link to our membership page, and, and all that money will benefit Wyoming. Because if you just went to rmef.org, it, it obviously helps RMEF, but it kind of goes in the national pool. If you could do the rmef.org slash WY21, it will actually help be- benefit Wyoming's uh, pack proposals next year. And, you know, I mean, we have spent in the state of Wyoming, we've spent almost $7 million of our own money, not counting grants or or other projects that, you know, people, partners have given us money, but our checkbook, we've written almost $7 million into conservation projects in 37 years. And that's pretty impressive. It's over 1.2 million acres that we've affected. You know, we have a fundraiser in person. We're still doing them. Uh, we got one in Jackson, October 2nd. We got one in Casper, November 20th. I've seen more people hugging this year than I've probably seen in my seven years of being an RD. People just want to be around like-minded people. Sean Kelly, Northern Wyoming Regional Director of Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. We sure do appreciate talking to you, and uh, we'll talk more in the future. Anytime you want. I I can talk elk all day long. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sean. Have a great week. Uh, We've got a lot going on here at uh, Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. We appreciate you tuning in every week. Make sure that you're going over to the My Country 95.5 mobile app and getting the show on demand. If you miss any of the segments, if you miss any of the interviews, we want you to make sure that you're informed. And that's why we do the show, is so that you can be informed about uh, all the things outdoor that we have here in Wyoming. And my goodness, we have a lot. If you want to ask a question to uh, Game and Fish, if you have a question for Brian over at Wyoming uh, at uh, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports or any of our other guests, you can go let us know at our chat section of the My Country 95.5 mobile app. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5.